how do you determine what the property is going to sell for? Nobody knows. I don't care how many transactions you do a year as a realtor. We do lots of them. I don't know how intimately you need to know the market, if, if at all. Because whether you buy a home every 10 years right now or you transact 10 deals a week, it's almost impossible to know what a home is going to sell for. Hello, everybody. What's up? Good morning. This is Adrian Ariel, episode 168 of Kitty Confidential. Thanks for joining us. This is the real estate podcast where we talk everything real estate. We talk investing, renting, buying, selling. And today we talk offer etiquette. How are you, Ariel? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening whatever, and good night. Whatever time people are listening or watching. Correct. I'm doing very well. Thank you. So Ariel's unlimited uh, time today because he has 10% battery power in his laptop and no proper power cord. So he's Jerry rigged something to hopefully get us through this episode. You have to keep me, keep me <laughs> abreast to uh, whether or not you're, you're losing power or maintaining it. At this moment, I have 8% battery power. So, um, <laughs> okay, let's, let's carry on then. So, okay. The, so what uh, brought up, what brought up the, the topic for you? So yesterday last, well, all of yesterday, I suppose was, uh, yesterday was a day in time that we had an offer presentation scheduled for one of our listings. And I just wanted to talk about how that kind of transpires our process to, what that day looks like for us, because it is a very busy day for us um, from morning until late in the evening, usually. Um, and then more specifically, the etiquette side of things uh, from the other real estate agents who are representing prospective buyers, um, because it's just, it's a very consistent thing that I find. We occasionally run into the occasional, uh, we occasionally run into the occasional, we occasionally run into the, um, a good real estate agent who I can speak praises of. And, but more often than not, we're dealing with people that aren't overly courteous. Would you agree? Or do you have better luck than me? I mean, in any business, you are going to run into people that have good days, that have bad days, that have good paperwork, that have bad paperwork, that have good customer service skills, that have bad customer service skills. At the end of the day, putting a real estate transaction together requires really four parties, both realtors, the buyer and the seller. Okay. So you have four lines of communication that have to be open and willing to speak indirectly through each other. And the difficulty I think becomes when, especially from a realtor's perspective, uh, a a day can be very different uh, depending on how your week is going or how the month is going or what the market is doing, right? Like as an example, on January 2nd, you might not have as many showings, as many phone calls or emails coming in. Um, but on March the 2nd, you are 
as a realtor, probably extremely busy with showings, listings, inquiries. Um, the key, I think, becomes is you, as a realtor, have to manage um, everything that's going on. And you have to be extremely detail-oriented. And you have to be very uh, patient. You have to be very diligent. And you have to have an extremely high attention to detail. And if any of those pieces are missing, somebody out of those four people in this transaction are going to feel disappointed in some way, shape, or form. Or in this case, I mean, you brought this up because we had an offer night set on one of our listings and uh, you were disappointed by some the way some of the offers were handled from the others um, from the other side. And, you know, I we didn't talk too much about it, uh, but we've seen it over the last 10 years. And there's so many times where things don't go as smoothly. And then our job, I think, is just to mitigate all of those things and make sure that our clients don't really see that or feel that. And that's For what sure. can be frustrating from our perspective is that, you know, we are that um, intermediate, intermediate uh, kind of stop where nothing goes by us without it being, um, you know, perfect not perfect but as close to perfect as as possible so so it can be frustrating it can be very very frustrating if we don't have paperwork on time if we don't have complete documents if something isn't correct on the offer um you know it doesn't look good when we're presenting those kind of things to to our clients so so everybody's got to do their part agreed well let me i'll explain uh, well I'm just gonna nice, nice. fashion fashion the new KT toque here. This is our uh, new slouch beanie. You can see the uh, KT logo for those of you that are watching on YouTube. If you're listening uh, to the podcast, you might want to hop on YouTube and rub your microphone with it. They can hear it. There you go. Can you hear that? There you go. Can you hear that? <laughs> That's like uh, what do they call it? Um, where you make all those sounds on the microphone. It's like, AS, so ASMR. Whisper, whisper, whisper really quietly. Look at my hat. Um, yeah, they're really nice. You can uh, roll it up. So depending on how you want to wear it, that KT logo reversible. Uh, is reversible. Very nice. I like that one. Yeah. This is the uh, kind of the charcoal black, whatever. I like it because you can really pull it down and cover your you can even cover your neck or whatever or you can you know slouch it mine is all now messed up there you go there looks good looks good thanks suits you and mm -hmm. today's a good day for me to wear one because it's like one and a half days past shaving so my head's kind of like velcro it holds it in place nicely but the day of shaving it just slips right off my head Sure. Anyways, I'll I'll change the subject because your mind obviously went somewhere weird there. <laughs> no, it didn't. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So certainly, if we're not if we're talking about things slipping off your head, uh, my my <laughs> my mind was still focused on real estate. But thanks for coming in, pal. <laughs> All right. So 
um, I'll, I'll give you a quick rundown of how my day looks so people can understand the process. And then we'll just kind of quickly talk about, you know, what went right, what went wrong and how, how uh, buyer real estate agents, agents represented buyers can or should be setting their clients up for more success. So first of all, first thing in the morning, I personally export a, a big list of all the showings that have come through. Um, I've, and then I send an email to every single one. And in that email, well, I you, you just stop for a second because you're saying you, this is the process for our entire team. Well, yeah, I'm talking about my day. So I'm referring right. to myself. Yeah. Yes. Everyone on the team will do this. So first thing in the morning, we as a team individually will send out, um, emails to everyone that's shown the property and anyone that has enough or a showing schedule. Cause there may be some showings that haven't gone through yet. 5% in by that, the way. In that email. Oh, geez. In that email, we, you know, thank them for visiting. We say, you know, offer presentation time is at 7 PM. Please have the offers registered, which is basically conveying uh, that an offer will be submitted or is signed by a certain time. In this case, I said 5.30, so an hour and a half prior. No, registered, this, is, registered means you've got a signed offer. So not yes. that you will be. Well, no, you will be submitting an offer, but you do have one signed. Correct. Um, and we always set that time earlier because by the offer presentation time, we want to have everything uh, compiled all the details. So it goes nice and smoothly. And I follow that email up with a phone call. Um, yesterday I did that early afternoon, called everybody that came through, got through about half of them left about, you know, half of the other half got messages, voicemail and or text. Anyways, I heard from maybe one or two people and then no offers came in until seven, six fifty nine was the first offer that arrived. And I didn't even hear from the person. They didn't return my phone call. They didn't return my email. They just submitted an offer by email saying, here's our offer. No heads up, no conversation, nothing. Yep. That happens. It does. It's frustrating. Um, in fact, earlier on in the process, while we were showing it and not allowing offers to come in, somebody submitted a preemptive offer. And they didn't, they didn't even tell me it was coming either. I just got an email in my inbox a couple of days after it listed. So, I mean, that can be for different reasons. You, you mentioned that to me uh, last night. Sometimes it's because the buyers and the buyer's realtor, they want to see how many offers are actually in play, how many offers they're going to be up against. Um, sometimes it's but people just... that doesn't just... really explain it because they should still have the courtesy of telling you there's going to be an offer coming in. They don't have to send it to you. So yeah, you but they might not the know. They might are. not know. If there's 13 offers on the property, they they might not submit anything. So, uh, or they might not even have an offer signed at that point, right? If there's no offers or one offer or two offers, then, you know, the agent goes back to the buyers and say and says, Hey, there's uh, two or three offers here. Do you want to throw your hat in the ring and see if uh, see if you can grab it? You know, at X amount of dollars or or what have you. Um, so, you know, I understand sometimes that in that component, but you know, 
realistically, you're call, calling the listing agent and saying, hey, as a heads up, my buyers have interest and they may be putting an offer in. So keep me posted with any activity. Right. Is there anything that I need to know about this listing? Is there anything that I need to put in the paperwork that isn't in the MLS listing itself? Or, you know, can you give me some information? How are you going to be handling the offers tonight? Um, those, those sort of things. So just open lines of communication um, makes a lot of sense. Now, from a buyer's perspective, you know, um, you just got to be be prepared. If you're going in last, last minute, you're obviously, you obviously don't have a deposit ready to go. Right. Which in this market, if, if you want to have a competitive offer, um, it's nice to be able to show the seller that, Hey, as a prospective buyer, I have my hundred thousand dollar deposit ready for you in good faith. And I'm attaching it here with this offer ready for you to deposit at your brokerage's trust in your brokerage's trust account as soon as you accept this offer. Right. If you're putting an offer together last minute, you chances are you don't have that deposit in hand. Yes. And then there's the uh, common question of what's the structure going to be? How many opportunities do we have to submit an offer or make a revision? I just want to say a couple of things because I am running out of uh, battery here. And this was just a quick, um, quick topic. Although my little rigging of this USB to USB-C adapter that I've plugged into our boardroom table here, it seems to be working. So I'm on, I'm on life support here, but uh, two things. Talking about offer night and and protocol and um, etiquette, it sometimes, okay, I'm going to backtrack because how many times have you, Adrian, heard from either a client, prospective client, or a buyer's realtor that they don't want to put an offer in because they don't want to get into a bidding war. Something's really weird right now. It's the audio is off by like three seconds from your video. I don't know. I'm fine. Oh, it's, my now. It's, it's back to normal. It was very strange. I'll ask it again since... I don't know. It must be on your end. My end, everything's good. Um, how many times have you heard from a buyer's agent or the buyer's All the or time. prospective client the of yours? Right. So you heard that part. Um, yes. Here's the thing. It doesn't cost you any money to put an offer in on a property. We've talked about this before in past podcasts, like 167 other episodes. I know we've talked about this before, but because we're kind of on that topic, I'm going to put that message out there once again, because we're at the end of January and in February and March, the markets right across the country 
I'll even say North America, but certainly in Canada, definitely in Ontario, and of course, the GTA. The nice properties are going to get multiple offers. And you got nothing to lose. It doesn't matter if there's no offers, one offer, 20 offers, 600 offers. If your offer isn't accepted, it didn't cost you anything, just a bit of time. But if you never put in the offer, you'll never know if you were going to get it or not. And you, oh, or you, might kick, you might kick yourself in, in the head later when you find out another offer. Let me finish another offer, you know, ex- gets accepted and you look at it and you go, oh, I could have, should have, would have. But then 30, 60 days from now, when you're still looking to buy a house, whether it's your primary residence or more importantly, an investment property, you're going to look at it 30, 60 days from then and say, oh man, coulda, shoulda, woulda. So do you want to pay, you know, January 31st? Do you want to pay January 31st price today? Do you want to pay February 15th price? You're closing maybe February 28th or 29th or whatever. Um, So yeah, you might be paying a little bit in advance, but the, the, market is still rising 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 so so you know being last night was a good and, and just a good example going of this. in and not being wishy-washy like you can't be wishy-washy in this market you cannot be wishy-washy in this market you have to pick up your pants get ready get the money in order make sure all the paperwork's ready to go make sure the paperwork is good be prepared I don't know if you can, can you hear me? What were you going to say about last night? Okay. I, it's funny because like yeah. your video comes before your audio. So last night was a good example of that because the person who was ultimately the winning bidder, that agent wasn't actually going to submit an offer. And it was because he didn't think that his clients were going to be able to compete. And they had recently lost out on a couple of offers and they were very discouraged. So I was harassing him all day, making, not harassing him, it's a bit of a strong uh, word there, not the right choice of word, but I was, you know, calling in and chatting, having discussions with him throughout the day and encouraging him to submit an offer. And we, we do this with everybody, even if we know the offer that they're going to submit isn't worth submitting because our goal is to always have a lot of offers coming in. But um, he actually thanked me at the end and said, that if it wasn't for me persuading him and encouraging him to encourage his clients, that they probably wouldn't have submitted an offer. Uh, so, you know, I think real estate agents also get stuck in that, that funk where they think maybe their clients don't have a chance. Uh, it's, it's not always just that their clients thinking that it's really hard. It's really, really hard right now. It's, I, I don't remember very, very few circumstances in the last 10 years of being a licensed realtor. How do you determine what the property is going to sell for? Nobody knows. I don't care how many transactions you do a year as a realtor. We do lots of them. I don't know 
I don't know how intimately you need to know the market if, if at all, because whether you buy a home every 10 years right now, or you transact 10 deals a week, it's almost impossible to know what a home is going to sell for. There's always going to be those outliers that surprise us. But that's all of them right now, right? Like, I mean, you can get a range and an idea. Like if you think a home might sell for a million bucks, there is a good chance right now it might sell for 1.1. It might sell for 1.2. And there's lots of them that surprise us. Steve Bruman couple of weeks ago sold a semi here in milton and um we were all looking at it going wow didn't think it would sell sell for that and certainly it set it then set a benchmark right then you see all the other semis coming on the market or that are using that uh, and they had multiple offers on it so obviously there are other buyers that missed out and so you know it sets benchmarks it sets precedences um but there's always yes as you put it those outliers but you know a home is only worth as someone as much as someone is willing to pay for it. So as long as there's somebody willing, every home sells. It's just a matter of how long does it take to sell, which in this market, you know, usually isn't too long. And the only other question is how much is it going to sell for? I would agree. And to sum up the conversation surrounding our, surrounding the, um, etiquette component of this conversation with agents not being courteous and giving a heads up, et cetera. I think I can summarize my thoughts on that by just saying the industry needs to elevate the overall level of professionalism from the way they answer the way real estate agents answer their phone, which baffles me every day to the voicemail messages, uh, recordings to the, text messages I get from people saying, Hey, what did this sell for? Or, hey, how many offers do you have from an unknown number with no introduction? You know, that's, it's just it kind of summarizes there's a lack of professionalism and uh, there's some excellent realtors out there I work with regularly. So don't get me wrong. I'm not bashing the industry, but there's a big portion that needs to ele- elevate their level of professionalism and they will then represent their clients much better. Um, yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, again, I made the comment in the beginning of this podcast where every industry has these kind of examples. Um, I mean, in real estate, you're transacting, it's the biggest purchase anybody ever makes in their life, right? So when you hire a representative to represent you in this transaction, uh there's certain expectations and let's face it let's call a spade a spade because the entire general public knows it when you're making two and a half percent on a million dollar purchase 
that's a $25,000 commission. Yeah, you as the realtor might not be putting all of that in your pocket. You've got expenses, you've got brokerage fees, you've got licensing and insurance. And God knows right now in the in the world of realtor uh, expenses, there is a whole bunch of line items that that they're paying for out of pocket that reduce that income. But from the client's perspective, it's still being, you know, a $25,000 commission is still being paid out. And that's a shit ton of money. So I don't know well, if I'm and you, you're talking about the smaller portion to in the equation too in court. And I ha- Yeah, whatever. I mean, the average average home no, price no, I don't, now. I don't. I don't. I don't mean uh, you know, that from over a percentage a bucks in perspective. The GTA. Uh, I mean, I mean, the smaller portion of money from the they're negotiating with a million dollars, right? So you should have high expectations of the way they're representing you, not because of how much they're getting paid necessarily, but more so because of how much well, money's on the line. It's both, yeah. right? Like uh, the, the my analogy of of you know being sued for millions of dollars and hiring a lawyer. Would you want to hire the lawyer that has great etiquette, great service, got all the T's and I's dotted and crossed, uh, is a good negotiator, is going to go to bat to, with you and for you, and uh, has a long history of success and 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 all that. You know, of course, you're going to look for for somebody that that does that. I'm not looking for the cheapest lawyer to, you know, represent me in in that kind of situation. And it's no different here, right? Um, and I've seen it time and time again, going back to your etiquette thing, the uh, the people that do it right uh, are the people that are successful and that you're probably going to pay a little bit more to uh, have represent you. And that's worth every single cent, um, especially when it comes down to negotiation and, and the etiquette part and the customer service part. So, so all of this, I mean, it started on this whole etiquette of you not getting any offers until late at night, not being conveyed, not being discussed and kind of threw it all together last minute. And I know um, you were, you were scrambling because of that a little bit last night to make it all happen on everybody else's schedule. Cause it certainly wasn't on yours, Clearly, yeah. um, but it all goes hand in hand, right? The whole etiquette thing is it, it, it's, you know, somebody that's not being respectful or, or thoughtful um, or diligent, I don't know, usually is also failing in other areas too. Yeah. Well, if last night's any example well, anyway, of that, the, anything the winning else you bid, add? the winning bid last night was from the most professional realtor of the offers that were submitted. So that's often how it works out. Deservedly so. Anyway, episode 168 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. 
you can stream this podcast anywhere, anywhere you listen to your podcast. And if you want to watch us on YouTube, you can go directly to ktconfidential.ca and watch this and all the other 167 episodes where we talk about buying, selling, renting, being a landlord, being a tenant, uh, tips for realtors, tips for getting in the industry, all of that fun stuff. So um, if you have any topics, you have any questions, leave us a comment. We love hearing from all of you. I think that's it for today. We'll see you next week for episode 169. Audio's really messed up. Like it's four or five Am seconds. Am I still behind. delayed? My audio. Yeah. It's so funny. I can see your video way before I get the audio. And I've got 3% trying, battery power left. I'm so. trying to read your lips. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. Take care. Ciao.